we spoke about Christmas 101, right? Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ, a pivotal event, we believe in the cosmic history, but in the Christian faith symbolizes God's love for humanity. It's a time for joy, reflection, and gratitude. When Christians worldwide commemorate Jesus' arrival as a savior, bringing hope and a new beginning. This holiday fosters love, peace, and a community spirit. We learn a lot. And then my first uh, Advent sermon was uh, the three C's of Christmas. Christ, the characters in the story, and celebration. Right? And that this is this is prophetic. We often find what we truly seek. Seek Christ in Christmas. The last week I spoke about the five M's of Christmas. Right? Meaning, right? Christmas celebrates the birth of Christ. Uh, miracles. So it was a miraculous event. Uh, the mess, right? That God blessed that mess. That Jesus was born in dramatic, humble, challenging circumstances. And that gives us hope. Some of us, we, we grew up poor. We grew up surrounded by drama. Our parents might have been emotionally immature. We might have been uh, born in poverty. We, we might have been born geographically in place where we weren't loved and appreciated, right? Or we might have been stuck in schools that weren't great for our educational journey. But Jesus had all that in common, right? And that's how he relates to us. Um, the, the message, right? The core, core message of Christmas is the incarnation of God and Jesus Christ. And the mission, Christmas inspires believers to live out their faith through service, right? And so that was last week. And this week, we, we, we're just learning about Christmas, right? Listen, Christmas and Easter are two most important events in history. And it, it, it behooves us to uh, get a deeper and greater revelation of these two pivotal days in our faith for the rest of our life. Every year, we should have a greater revelation of Christmas and a greater illumination of Easter. Right? We just can't continue to live on old, stale bread. We need fresh manna. So today is the history, the mystery, and the victory of Christmas. The text scripture and the memory scripture today is Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the big idea of today's uh, sermon journey is the, historic, the history, the historical promise of Jesus' birth. The mystery, right? How incarnation blew people's minds. And the victory that's found in Christ, right? The history, the mystery, and the victory. So before I start, I got to kind of give you a preface on why sermons are important, why going to church is important. That is a battlefield for your mind. There's a, a British uh, magician named Darren Brown, right? And he one time he did this video where he persuaded a, a British actor named Simon Pegg. And he, he went up to Simon Pegg and said, we're going to do a, a trick. We're going we're to do the illusion. And so one Saturday, he said, Simon, write down what you want for Christmas. And Simon wrote it down. They put it in an envelope. They sealed it. Simon had it sealed, right? The next week, Simon goes to this set. And the set is splatters of the color red everywhere. And so Darren Brown speaking to him and touching him at certain spots and saying certain words. And then he said, he's, and Darren Brown said, Simon, what do you want for Christmas? And then Simon goes, I want a red BMX bike. And then Darren Brown goes, guess what? And he opens the box. We have a red bike. And Simon's like, that's crazy. That's crazy. How did you know? How did you know? And Darren said, we have planted the thought in your head. 
And he goes, no, I always wanted a red bike. And then Darren said, what did you write in, the, in, in your envelope last week? And he goes, I wrote red BMX. And he goes, take out the envelope. And he opened the envelope, he looked, and the, in the envelope said, leather jacket. He was persuaded to want something he never wanted. And he was persuaded so good that he forgot what he really wanted. And so when you we, when you come to church, I speak Jesus because I know God has a calling. And I've seen you in altar calls. I've seen you put Jesus in your envelope, that you want more of the things of God, that you want a, a greater revelation, illumination, inspiration, impartation, to walk in a new level of spiritual authority and maturity, that you know greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But then you're bombarded on social media. You're bombarded on TV. And you're bombarded by people affected by social media and TV. And we forget our calling. And then we get amnesia to the anointing. So I am here today to come to you to remind you that greater is he that's in you. I am a herald, right? The, the word gospel and evangelize was associated with heralding good news. The particular announcement of a new emperor in the Roman Empire. Heralds will proclaim the good news, informing the populace that a new era of peace and salvation and blessing has commenced. This proclamation often included an exhortation for the people to kneel and worship the new emperor. And strategically, Jesus and the Apostle Paul in the New Testament use these terms. The gospel preached by the apostles was an announcement heralding Jesus of Nazareth as the true emperor of this world and cosmos, initiating a new era of peace, salvation, and blessings. This era signified that everything has changed, and this is the explosive nature of the gospel. And this is why I preach to you so strong, so you don't forget who you are and whose you are where you're going. Back to the sermon at hand. The first big idea is the history. We want to look at the prophecy, the promise, and the purpose of Christmas. So in the Old Testament, they reflect on a few prophecies we're going to look at. We're not going to look at all of them, but there's a prophecy of the virgin birth that happened, the prophecy of uh, the place of Jesus' birth, and a prophecy of the massacre of the innocents when the ruler at that time killed all the baby boys looking for Jesus. So the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, in the New Living Translation, says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jeremiah 31, 15 says, this is what the Lord says. A cry is heard in Ramah, a deep anguish, a bitter whipping, weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children are gone. And Micah chapter 5, verse 2 says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrath, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. Hosea 11.1 1 says, when Israel was a child, I loved them and called him my son out of Egypt. Remember, Jesus went to Egypt as a child. So we see a beautiful prophecies, right? So the big idea I want you to reflect on is that the history of 
Christmas begins with a promise, a thread of hope that ran through hundreds of years. There are 300 general prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus. There are 109 specific prophecies in the Old Testament about the birth and the ministry of Jesus. So our challenge, as we marvel at the fulfillment of these ancient prophecies, let us take a moment to personally reflect on our own journey in faith. Think about what God's taking you out of. This week, I encourage you to think about areas of your life where you can deepen your trust in God's promises, just as the prophets steadfastly believed in God's unseen plan. We are too called to embrace faith over doubt. Let us remember that the same God who orchestrated these prophecies is actively working in our lives, guiding us towards his purpose and love. And ask yourself, how can I be more fully rely on God's faithful promises today. Big idea number two, the mystery, God incarnate. John chapter one, verse 14, in the New Living Translation says, so, so the word became human, right? The word, that was, that was his pre-incarnate description word, right? That he created all things, all things were created by him and for him and through him. So the word became human and made his home Another word in the Greek is tabernacle. Made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So the big point is that the mystery of Christmas is the incarnation, God becoming a man. This is a profound mystery showing God's love and desire to intimately connect with us. C.S. Lewis said, the Son of God became man to enable men to become the sons and daughters of God. Bless God. So this profound quote of C.S. Lewis, right, uh, is the mystery of Christmas. God became man. It's not just about his tangible love, but what this act signifies, a pathway for us to become closer to God. This should spark within us a desire to actualize our potentials to be sons and daughters of God. The incarnation shows that God intimately connects with us, sharing our humanity, understands our struggling, our struggles, and invites us to share in his divine nature. So this week, I want you to deeply contemplate the meaning of God incarnate in our daily lives. How does this reality become, how does, how does the reality that God becomes a man and dwell among us change our relationship with him? Are there areas where his close presence could be fully acknowledged in our lives, right? As we strive to walk in that serene strength, remembering the Father's word at Jesus' baptism, I am well pleased. Before God said, I am well, that, that was well done, he said, I am well pleased. We have to understand that before we get to done, God's already pleased with us. And this reminds us that identity as God's children is not based on our achievements, but on his love and grace. And let us challenge ourselves to embody Christ's love and humility, being a reflection of his love to those around us, walking confidently as children of God, beloved and pleasing to him. I just got a thought. It's kind of like when you're playing spades and you have sunglasses that reflect and people can see your cards. I, I, I believe that as you stare into Jesus, people can see Jesus in you. As you stare into the heavenly hope, people can see that hope in you. That you are like the moon, that you reflect the light of the sun in people's darkest time. The last big idea for today's sermon. 
the victory. We talked about the history. We talked about the mystery. Let's talk about the victory. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 11. But the angel assured them, saying, don't be afraid. He said, I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Right? So this is when the, the shepherds, right, in the Christmas story. So the point is, victory of Christmas is found in Christ's birth, which heralds redemption and triumph over sin. St. Augustine quoted one time, he who created us without our, without our help would not save us without our consent. Ooh. He who saved us, he who created us without our help would not save us without our consent. We have to appropriate this victory. This reminds us of our active role in the story of redemption that begins with Christ's birth. Jesus' invitation, like he says in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock, requires a response. We have to appropriate this victory that he already won for us. The victory of Christmas is not just a divine act, but also a personal journey of faith, confession, and transformation. It's about opening our hearts to Jesus and letting him enter our lives to bring about the change he promises. This victory is waiting to be appropriated through our act of faith and willingness to be transformed by his presence. This week, take time to contemplate your response to Jesus' knock on the door of your heart. How are you appropriating the victory of Christmas through faith, confession, and transformation? In what ways can you open up, open up more of his transformative way, work in your life? Remember, the victory of Christ's birth is a continuous invitation, not just salvation, but a sanctification and maturity. And service, right? Remember, the victory of Christ's birth is a continuous invitation to a transformed life. A call to embrace the redemption and the anointing he offers. So let us challenge ourselves to not only celebrate this victory, but to live it out. Allowing the story of Jesus' birth, death, uh, life, and resurrection to actively shape our lives. So in conclusion, let's keep Jesus at the center. As we celebrate Christmas, let's keep Jesus at the center. He's not just a historical figure, but the living Christ integral to our lives. Colossians 1.17 says he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So contemplation for the week. Reflect on the history, the mystery, and the victory of Christmas, how it impacts your journey, and how these truths can shape your daily life and interaction, especially during this season, because we know our faith can shift the circumstances surrounding our existence through the power of prayer, sacrifice, sanctification, meditation, and service. So the challenge of the church. Uh, reflect on the history, embrace the mystery, live out the victory. Amen. Christmas is not just for a season, but a lifetime. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we reflect on the lessons today, may our hearts be filled with the true spirit of Christmas. Help us embrace the history, understand the mystery, and live in the victory of your son, Jesus Christ. May this season renew our faith, strengthen our spirits, and fill us with your unending love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.